every single person has brain power and a mind. And the true way that you win and that you build world-changing groups or products or people is by claiming people's mind share. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. I'm super excited to have Nathan share a bit of his brain with us today. Hey, buddy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try and give it all to you, man. <laughs> I don't think you have a, another gear to not, so I'm not even worried. Good. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So quick intro about Nathan. He's 24 years old. And Nathan, I just found out you and my dad share a birthday. No way. October 3rd? Yep. Well, yep. hopefully it wasn't 89. No, <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I knew I liked you for a reason. Uh, so Nathan is going to share a bunch of stories about you know his life and all that stuff. But he's currently the uh, founder of Heyo, which is a company that helps people in the easiest way possible to build their business on social media, specifically with Facebook. Uh, you have a great tagline. You want to say the tagline? What we're looking to do is build the most valuable social marketing tool for small businesses at 30 bucks a month. Yeah, which is just like we spoke about on a previous podcast about getting your business tagline to just one line. I mean, there's yeah. no simpler way than, than saying what he just said. So Nathan, here's where I want to jump right in. Because Nathan has shared with me, we had like a, what was it? Like a two, three hour conversation when we first met and we were just like... Lost track of time. Yeah. It's just one of those amazing conversations. He shared so much things with me. I, like, I kick myself now. I'm like, why didn't I write more? <laughs> but a um, couple of things really, really stuck with me. And I want to start with, with one of them because I'd never heard anyone say this. You have a the- I don't want to call it a theory, but you have an a, a idea about mindshare. And, and the, 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 you, I remember you saying to me something like, I don't want people's money. I want people's mind share. So without me going into any more, can you just explain to people what that means? Because I don't think it's a concept that people even understand. Yeah. So so every human is obviously their own kind of object operating in this world. And, and money is just like something else they come in contact with every day. Uh, it tends to have value because humans have associated value to it. But one thing that it's, it's the same currency across the entire population as every single person has brain power and a mind. And the true way that you win and that you build world-changing groups or products or people is by claiming people's mind share. It's very, very difficult to get people's mind share. But there are several instances over, over my life where that's been a tactic that I have used and I continue to optimize for that even today. So 
one of the stories that you shared with me was when you first started raising capital for Heyo mm-hmm. from your investors. So can you just share that story with people, like how you first started to get the mind share and then how that developed into them actually asking you, you know, to, to give you money, like that yep. process. Yeah. So <clears throat> when we first started the company, uh, Heyo, again, I was, <laughs> I was surrounded like, like a mouse trapped, you know, like you get a mouse from like Petco and they put them in like a, a little box. It's like 10 inches by 12 inches and you carry it home. I was stuck in, huh? Or a snake? No, I don't own a snake. Oh, so why why do you have little mice and little boxes? No, no, I'm just telling a story. Oh. It's, it's, it's an ana- it's an analogy, right? Okay, I got so, it. So like my my mouse, like I was the mouse, and my mouse box was my dorm room, right? And so like what happened was, as the company started started growing, you know, I started. There were people that were close to the business, but I wasn't quite sure how to keep them close. But I knew if I gave them information. That, that they would put time and energy towards processing that information. And it didn't matter what the outcome was. It was just the fact that I got them processing. So I created a... In, in Google Gmail contacts, created a group called Mentors. And about every month, I would send a mentor update with a, with a question or two at the end of it, just to make sure I was always top of mind. And what was interesting here, Ian, is the... Mo- or Elon, sorry... The, the easiest ways to claim people's mindshare is, is actually to ask questions that you already know the answers to, but you must, you must be ignorant. I mean, you must be. So I would ask things, even if I know what investment was, because I had rad, read Brad Feld's book. The second someone asked me if they could give me money, I said, what do you mean you can give me money? How does that work? Even though I'd already read from four other sources how it works. But guess what? That person then communicates that to me. They're now invested in me. They see me as like a young version of themselves. And, uh, and that's what, that, that was an art that I'm still trying to finesse to this day. So where did you learn that art? Just by practice. I didn't quite identify it until very recently, actually. So, you know, several months before you and I met in New York, but it, you know, I guess I also look at it now. I have people come to me and, and people will introduce themselves to me. And then I look at who I like to invest in most it's the ones that are the most ignorant. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's the ones that can ask me a question where I'm in the middle of my day at Hale and I can't stop thinking about it, about them. Mm. It, it like, if I could just give them $5,000 so I never have to think about them, okay, boom, investment. There, you got investment. That doesn't do them any good. I mean, that's sometimes the reason people raise money is because they don't know how to get mindshare any other way. So yeah. you have to take people's money. Interesting. So... What do you think about that, that process of like playing ignorant, quote unquote, has people be thinking about you and like actually wanting to give more to you? Have you thought about that? Well, it's very human, right? It's an, art, it's an artificial way of how a mother invests in her child and the, and the joy a mother has when the child goes, mom, why is the sky blue? Mm. Right. Or, or like, the first time mom has to explain why, why two people like are kissing in public and the little kid goes, why? like your kids, like all the first questions they're asking, you're investing in them. Mm. Right. And, and if, <clears throat> so, you know, people our age, we lose our ability to be curious. So you almost have to artificially recreate it by being ignorant about everything. Interesting. So they, so you, I remember you told me you sent them like newsletters ongoingly. Yep. 
Then they approached you at some point and said, okay, Nathan, did you ever think about taking on investors? And you played dumb and said something like, well, what do you mean? Right? What and that kind of, Yeah, kind of went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. How did the whole thing kind of come to fruition? Like you played this game out, right? Yep. And then at some point they said what? They were like, I remember you said you, well, where would I get this money from? And stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, I guess they had a, well, our offices that was above a bar in downtown Blacksburg that we had put, we told the landlord, if you give it to us free, we'll invest in new floors. So we went and bought 80 cent square foot AstroTurf and nailed it, stapled them <laughs> to the floor. And that, and that was our investment. So this is where this meeting was taking place. And he came in, this particular investor who had been on my monthly update, so I really respect, with a, a, a sheet of paper, right? It was a one sheet of paper like this. And he had it like face down, right? The whole conversation. And he's asking questions about like, well, if you had money, where would you use it? And I'm like, well, we actually don't need money right now because we're making money. Like I just made sure that I kept every leverage point, right? Because I knew I didn't want to be... I knew what being in need felt like. So I knew how to avoid that. Mm. And then eventually when he said, well, what do you think about this? And he turned it over and it said like 7%. It said like interest hyphen 7%. Like investment, like $25,000. Like cap, 5.5. Like pre-money, right? And I'm like, I'm like, well, what does all this mean? Right? And he starts explaining it to me and it goes on a while. And then I said, well, where would we get this money from? <laughs> and you knew this all, like you knew all the definitions and all the stuff on that term sheet, yeah? Well, to, yeah. I mean, I had studied them, right? Now, you know, I say I artificially plead ignorant. Most people, like when that investor flipped over the chart with 7% interest, would say something like, you know, I've seen term sheets that actually have 6% interest. I don't like 7% interest. Uh-huh. It's very different than saying, what does interest mean? Letting the person assign their own definition and then negotiating around their definition mm. versus something you saw online somewhere. Do you, because what's coming up for me is, and I think this is probably coming up for other people is that playing dumb, which guys just, so you know, Hey, can you just let people know how much money you've actually raised? We be- raised uh, today two, 2.55 million. Two and two million five hundred fifty thousand. And just to, so everyone understands, you actually turned down a much higher amount, correct? Correct. Okay. When we were in, I think it was New York, you got offered like nine or ten or something like that. There were folks that were very, very excited about something we're building internally, even currently. In fact, it's pinned up on our walls right now, and it's really going to change small businesses and how they operate online. I mean, it's 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 insanely great. Um, this these folks that saw these drawings uh, wanted to put in significantly more than than what we ended up raising. So we ended up cutting down what we took. Yeah. So okay. So I just want to give that as a context because the question I'm going to ask some people are like, "Well, playing dumb is dumb," you know. Like, but he's raised millions of dollars and has has had more millions thrown at him. For what's coming up for me, I guess if I said that, like, well, what's interest rate? I would think that the investor, who's a obviously a really smart investor, right, millions of dollars, uh, would come to me and say something like, "Why would I ever invest in this person? He's an idiot. Like he's running a business. He doesn't even know what an interest rate is." 
you must selectively choose what you're ignorant about. When this investor said, Nathan, what's your profit margin? You better believe I didn't say, what's profit margin? <laughs> I said, here's our profit margin. Here's the levers I can pull to change in any direction I want. If I wanted to burn cash, here's where I'd burn more cash. It's a variable expense. These are fixed, right? I mean, so, so you have to choose where it's acceptable to be ignorant mm. and then do it 110%. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So now he's sitting there with the term sheet. You go through this process. You guys get this money. What you, you obviously didn't need money at the time. What did you end up using the money for? We spent a lot of it on variable marketing expenses. Where, and it was literally like lighting money on fire. Massive mistake. I mean, we were spending 60 grand a month on Facebook ads and signing up two customers from it. Whereas I'd get on one free webinar and sign up 30 customers. I mean, it was just stupid. And, and it's because it actually, it's actually because a lot of the folks when they invested, they saw it as a risk that they'd say, Nathan, if you go out and get hit by a bus, like, how is the company going to get customers? And I just thought it was bull crap. So I'm like, well, let me prove them wrong and show them I can make money with ads. And it just wasn't working. And what we've done now is significantly different. And if I died tomorrow, the company would be fine. And, but that's, that's the context. Okay. So then another, another thing that you just mentioned, which I wanted to pick your brain about, we haven't even spoken about this yet, is webinars, which you've really gotten into recently, right? Running on... We have. Yeah. Yep. Personally, you, you've started running these. Yes. Yep. Okay. So here's how I want to frame this, because this is going to be really interesting. I've never heard this from you either. I'm really curious. But Nathan has an unbelievable ability to create processes to learn something incredibly fast, like something that would take people years to master. You know, everything, like you attack things so head on. So take me through the process. You went from never having done a webinar, right? This was how long ago? Three years ago. Three years ago, never having done a webinar to now, you know, kicking butt on webinars. Well, and to be specific, because I'm a rational guy, kicking butt means, uh, you know, it's our number one growth channel. Yeah. So take me through the process. What did you do in order to become a, let's call you a, you know, webinar expert? Uh, practice and study like hell. Okay. Um, so like one of the things where, one of the places I started was a TED talk by a woman whose name is escaping me right now, where she broke down the math behind Martin Luther's King speech. Steve Jobs launch of the Mac. There's a very, very defined mathematical approach that you can take to convey things in a short amount of time. Hmm. And after I built this graph, okay, and at a high level for your listeners, what it what it is, and it's literally like a graph, is when you start, I'll, I'll go this way. So like when you start the webinar, you want to first talk about what you want to create a delta between what's currently happening, how bad it is, and, and what the future looks like. So you first have to set the anchors of here's what is. And what is for Heyo is, hey, you probably go on Freelancer and search for Facebook app developer. Find some random guy named Ivan overseas who you've never worked with before. He wastes your time and energy. Like This is how bad it is. Then you come back. Right, and and at some point in that bad part, you want to hone in and hit um, one of the learning styles of the listeners. So you need to either strategically unmute somebody 
to break up your voice hitting their ears, somebody else hit their ears, or you need to stop talking completely and put a pull up. So see like anyone that wasn't listening to the podcast, like when I just pause there, I guarantee you they flip back. They're like, shit, I lost it. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. I bet if you look at your data, you'll see a spike there. So you either pause um, or you can um, ask them to type something in the GoToWebinar questions. And then what you do is then you talk about how good it can be, right? Boom, 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 same concept. And you'll go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until the end where it's like, this is the Holy Grail. And, and then there's a whole art to the pitch. But the way I got really good at it was just looking at the data, you know, you know, after we did a webinar, for example, the data set I might look at is after we do a webinar, I notice that everyone who purchased on average stayed on the webinar for 63 minutes and 55 seconds. So I know when I launch my next webinar, which they only go 60 minutes, the reason the one said 63 is because I showed up early and I engaged with, engaged with them before the webinar. Mm. Now I know that the webinar actually starts 30 minutes before the start time. Wow. And if I and if I use those people's names in a auditory way, so like let's say I see Elon is one of the ones on 15 minutes early. I write that Oh, actually you know what? Because I have a webinar that I'm about to do right after this, I actually have so like this is my webinar prep sheet. Right? So like I do this at the beginning of every webinar. Yes or no? Right? Does the buy now page work? I always test it. Yes or no? Did you do a Speed tests, internet okay, yes. Google Analytics, click to tweet, Twitter up, yes, yes, yes. This is what's the critical piece here, okay? When the webinar starts, before it starts, I, I have to find people that have 10 audio quality and their personalities are loving personalities. They're bubbly because these are the people at the end of the webinar, I'm going to unmute and say, what do you think about the content? And what do you think about this offer? And I need to know that their mic's working and they're going to go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Not be some old guy like in his bathrobe who's bored. <laughs> so how do you find that out? I unmute people before the webinar. So and I say... Just have conversation with them. Exactly. So if it like, seems like a natural conversation, they seem bubbly, excited, and their audio is good, I'll write down... You know, in this case, it was Betty Krutzka. And then I'll say their audio quality was a 10. So Betty Krutzka, audio quality 10. This is a 10. So at minute 43 and 33 seconds, I unmute that person right when I drop the offer and say, what do you think? And, I, and I'm almost sure they're going to say yes. Now, this Betty person, people think I plan people on webinars. I don't. It's all totally natural. I just know selectively how, and I'm just empathetic and I know the timing and how to unmute. So that's an example of like data sets I look at. So I just want to put this in perspective for people. This is like what blows me away about Nathan. Other people are out there, webinars. I do webinars. I have never in my entire life come up with a spreadsheet of <laughs> things to do before, things to do during, rating systems. You know, like, but this is, this is what I love about you. You just take things to levels that I... Until I speak to you, like now having heard that, I'm like, oh, that makes total and utter sense. But before that, your brain just goes into like, I need to figure out how to systemize this, track this, create the data, blah, 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 blah. And other people are just like out there winging it. Yeah. And I mean, I can give you guys a sneak peek here. And I've never done this live before. You just happen to be interviewing me right before I'm doing a webinar. You guys can actually see here my whole, my whole setup. 
I run this much like QVC when I start unmuting people and sales and engagement happen, I'll mute and unmute people. I have two screens here. This screen is where I'm doing the live webinar. This screen is where I'm literally tracking live data. So when I'm on the webinar on that side, I can go here where all these people have, they say checked in with Nathan and I can use their names during the webinar in a very natural way. Hey, Tristan with Premier Properties. Hey, EM Recruits. This strategy works for you. Blake with Pool Supply World. This works. And then over here, when I start unmuting folks from around the country, I can start watching traffic spikes and you'll see a spike in, on the Buy Now page, at which point I switch to our sales tab here and start seeing if the person I have unmuted is driving sales. Wow. And, and all these things move at the same time. Wow. That, my friends, is how you do webinars. <laughs> Amazing. By the way, you mentioned uh, click tweet or what'd you say? Click to tweet is the tool that I use when people check in. Okay. Say a little bit more about that. Yep. So what, what I do is the first slide I put out on a webinar, I say something like, hey guys, thanks for joining me today. We're about to get started in five minutes. But before we start, I want to make sure you can hear me clearly and see my screen. Your way of telling me, and I'm relying on you to do this, your way of telling me that you can see me and hear me clearly is by going to heyo.com forward slash check in and checking in. And Elon, this is what you can actually see this because I just did a webinar before this is too. I do about, about two webinars a day. You can see all these people checking in. It has a link. And when people click that link, their audiences then join the webinar. Huh. So see, it's actually a marketing tactic. They're checking in but I actually spike attendees because their whole networks are joining because they saw that tweet. So the click to tweet, you pre-program a message that when they click that button, it automatically uses their Twitter account. Like they log in with their Twitter account to check in? Exactly. Okay. If they don't have Twitter, what happens? Or it's just... It doesn't, it doesn't work. Got it. Got yeah. it. And, and but, I just tell people, there's a short link that I set up. In fact, if anyone listening right now goes to heyo.com forward slash check in, they'll see it working. Okay. And as soon as they click that check-in link, it takes them to log into Twitter and then it automatically posts that message that you predetermined beforehand. And everyone sends the same exact message. You got it. Interesting. Brilliant. Another cool little tidbit. Speaking of tools, I know you're, you're like a tech fanatic like I am. What are some tools recently that you've been using that you've been loving? Life, business, doesn't matter. Just like, you know, top three tools that you love right now. Using Google Docs a ton. I think that's probably pretty normal though. Uh, Boomerang is probably one you've heard of. No, it's Boomerang. Oh, okay. So I use this religiously. Boomerang is a Gmail uh, app that you can install. And when you click send on a message, you can say, send this message back to me if I don't get a reply in four days. Brilliant. It's like, you know, when you ask someone to do something and then you forget you sent that email and they never respond. So then you just, you can't follow up. It allows you to do that. You can also write the email to somebody and then schedule the time to send it. So like, let's say you emailed me and you're like, Nathan, now's actually a bad time. Can you follow up in four months? I'll actually write the email right now and say, send this in four months. Wow. I'll I'll say something like, Elon, it was great catching up with you four months ago. I know you were really busy. How are you feeling now? Brilliant. That's a, that's actually one of those things that, you know, someone was probably had that issue like, yep. God, I lose all these emails all the time. Yep. I never follow up with people. It's a scrappy piece of software, but Lord, I use it every day. 
Awesome. And it's a Gmail plugin. Yep. Chrome. Okay, cool. All right. Yep. So boomerang. And then I am using, so I'm using Heyo a ton right now to launch um, landing pages that we're using for webinar registrations Okay. Um, and contests that we do on the webinars. Uh, so I'm, I mean, which is obviously a good thing. Heyo was built for me in the beginning and I still use it every single day. So those were some awesome, awesome tools that Nathan just shared with us, as well as some incredible information. Hopefully you get some indication as to the brain behind this absolute genius kid. And just to think he's 24 years old, just blows my mind. So we'll end part one of this interview here. So hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, please leave us a comment and rating on iTunes and share this with anyone that you think would get value from this. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, You'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends.